0: This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the host of the show. He's got his PIM particles and ready to dive into the quantum realm, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I have never gone on an asset trip, but I have a feeling I know what it's like now. <laughs> yeah, we, there's probably not a big difference between the two of them, if you were to ask me yes, very much. So. I'm,
1: ju- I'm just assuming <laughs> I've seen it
0: now. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast since we started the podcast last year, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the 31st MCU film, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of The Man Podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast, and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty dollar level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get you the show ad-free. Doesn't matter if you are signed up as low as the three dollar range or as high as the twenty dollar range, you will get the show ad free there on the Patreon app. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're there on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to interact with the show, send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. Any questions you might have or any suggestions you have, we would love to hear those. So hit us up at mainattractionpod at gmail.com. Like I said, this is the 31st movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are wow. discussing. Know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It really is a lot. Uh, when you know, it's I love every. I love most uh, of them. I'm not gonna say I love every single one, but I love most yeah. of them. Uh, so let's before we get into this film, let's talk about. Ant Man in general, and the the previous uh, movies that we've seen Ant Man in. Real quick, what are your thoughts on the previous Ant Man films and the other films that we've seen him in?
1: Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there because uh, I just need to admit it. Paul Rudd is one of my favorite actors.
0: Yeah, he's time. great. Oh, he's great.
1: I love all his movies. Uh, so I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I may love this man. So I just you know. <laughs> so of course I love the Ant Man. Mo- I love the Ant Man movies. Ant Man, the first one especially involved a heist and as anyone who's listened to me on here i love Heist. yes so agree. that was paul rudd in the heist that's uh just success for me right and then the second one i love i love too man you get michelle pfeiffer in the mix right and uh, uh walton goggins one of my favorites as well as the villain mm-hmm. uh i i thought it was fantastic paul rudd every time he's been on you know he's in civil war he's in the adventures movies he's always good man i don't know who thought of him for this role i guess, I guess. I Actually, Edgar Wright did. Yeah. Who didn't end up directing the first movie, but I think he was the one who thought he is a perfect person for this role. And thank God he's in.
0: Yeah, it's really it's a perfect casting. Look, I have a little special place in my heart for Ant Man. This is the it was the first MCU movie that I took my son to see. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wasn't even planning on taking him to see one, but my nephew in 2015. Was having his, uh, I think it's twelfth, yeah, twelfth birthday party. They did an Ant Man movie party, and they invited um, they invited all four of us, but me and my son were the only two that went because it was a movie and it was Ant Man. But uh, so we went and saw it, and he he enjoyed the movie. He really liked it, and and he kind of started getting into the MCU a little bit then, but he didn't really get into it until probably about. Four or five years later but like i said ant-man was kind of his intro into the that's, that's awesome into the mcu so and he went with you friday night yes and he went with me on friday night so like i said it's it's always had a little special place in my heart because mm-hmm. of the, because of that fact and you know the mcu has now become something that me and my son do because he's gotten back into movies at least for the mcu he has anyway so we always go check out the newest one that whenever it comes out and it's, it's just been nice for the two of us but ant-man specifically to me look the first two they weren't a my favorite MCU movies, but they were kind of like you know, at the bare minimum, this is what an MCU movie should be. It should be fun. Yeah. It should have. It should kind of, kind of move the MCU forward just a little bit, not a whole lot. Move mm-hmm. it forward just a little bit. Just have a a fun character that you can root for, a guy that you enjoy watching on screen who has who has a lot of uh, charisma, f- surrounded by a good cast because Ant-Man has yeah, a great, yeah. has just a great cast. I mean, just the, the mainstays of Angeline Lilly Lily as Hope, aka The Wasp. You've got you've had Michael Douglas since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, now we've got Michelle Pfeiffer who seems like she's going to be a mainstay. Like I said, they have a really good cast. Adding Catherine Newton into this thing was she really did. good. I'm not real familiar with her work because um, she was on Pretty Little Liars or something like that. If big, I'm not big
1: Little Lies. Okay.
0: I haven't she seen She was her, in
1: uh, that... Uh, she's been a lot of blockers with that movie with John no, i didn't, I didn't it was see that one either. Yeah. really funny she's been in several things she's she's had a nice little career she's yeah
0: good. she's been around a lot i just haven't seen her in any yeah. of those films or they use a television show so like i said it's been a it's it's just a really solid franchise and i think it's i think that this and guardians are the
1: most rewatchable oh, yeah. you could go watch this movie every day you know and and like it's still
0: fun I, I'm not going back and watching most of the Avengers. Movies. Right, <laughs> that's right. I, I, I'm not either. I mean, I will watch Infinity War uh, quite a bit, but other than that, I'm not watching a whole lot of them a whole, you, recently.
1: You could throw on the first Ant Man, and you know, once a year, and and, and and enjoy it each time.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, normally every year for Father's Day, like I get the they just do whatever I want. Normally, I just hole up in our room and watch MCU movies, and Guardians and Ant Man are typically one of the ones I always yeah. go to, and because they're yeah. like, like you said, they are one of the most rewatchable ones. So now let's go ahead and start talking about this film what were your expectations coming in and just general thoughts what did you leave the theater with so
1: i was excited about it because we had heard you know we were getting kang right and so but then the reviews started coming out (laughs) from the critics and they're terrible yes they are and so then i was like man i don't know but then i saw the user reviews were really good and then you text me that you really enjoyed it and so i I still went in with like i expected to like it i love this movie i thought it was
0: awesome yeah i'll let me just go ahead and say this so going into it i was a little concerned coming into it about some of the things that you've heard a lot of critics talk about some of the things that they've discussed those were concerns coming into it the fact that they're making a very small Somewhat street level hero. They're taking him and making him, and they're putting him in this huge, high stakes story with lots on the lines. There was there have been people talking about about that, and we'll talk about those issues here in just a little bit. You know, talking about with this being a King, who's going to be the big bad of the MCU going forward. You know, can this can you retain the heart and the charm and the charisma? A lot of those things. So those were actual concerns of mine going into it. After I came out, well, let me just put it this way. The MCU with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, they put a Star Wars film in the MCU. They gave me, they gave me, um, what's his uh king who's what's his name also jonathan thank you jonathan majors just putting on an, uh, just a clinic enacting of yes. how a villain should jonathan do.
1: majors is that man
0: yes he is so we got we got star wars we got jonathan majors putting on a great performance we've got just the weirdest strangest setting yeah. you will ever see in a marvel f- film you've I got a little hen of doom yeah, there was there was some Dune in it. There was definitely some Dune type stuff going on in there. Uh, you got Michael Douglas just, you know, kind of on a vibe in this film. He uh, was, man. you've got he was. Michelle Pfeiffer, who is really kind of what this story was about. Mm-hmm. Eating it up. This and this felt this movie more so than any film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until this point felt more like I was actually watching a comic on screen. This movie was so made for me and I was loving every minute of it.
1: No, I'm with you, man. I, I felt like like they had their own story and, and yet they pushed the MCU with Kang. Right. And it, it was just enjoyable. Man, we were rolling in a the theater. The jokes worked. I've read a couple of critiques that the jokes didn't work. You
0: weren't in front of a crowd because right. we were all laughing. Yeah, I know. I thought the jokes worked really well. That was the thing I was, exp- I was expecting there to be less jokes, and there probably were a little bit less than they. And typically having an Ant Man movie, but for the most part, like I said, when they were doing them, I thought they worked really well. I mean, him showing uh, up in uh, the in the Baskin Robbins laugh wow, man. I wanted some Baskin Robbins <laughs> so bad after that movie. Baskin- was, Every time they showed the Baskin Robbins, it was funny. I was like, I need some ice cream, man. I really need some ice cream. And then uh, Modu. Yeah, Modok. Yes, Modok. Yeah, Modok. Oh my god. That I was a little worried about Modok. I'll be real honest with you because this is a complete and total change from his origin in the comic books. In the comic books, okay. Modok is he is basically he he gets created by AIM, which we the only time they've really mentioned or shown AIM in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was in Iron Man three. But he basically is this person who gets – the reason why his head is so big is because in, in the comics, they like, try to make him just incredibly smart. And his original story is he's supposed to be a mechanized organism designed only for uh, creation. And it was MODOK with a C. And then he kind of becomes so powerful, he changes it to MODOK with a K, mechanized organism designed only for killing. So he changes it. And like I said, he is like this genius in the MCU. I think it works really well, though, with the way they change them to keep the continuity going. I think just the character itself in this weird, strange environment, yeah. he works really well in this.
1: And it also works because Corey Stoll, not known for comedy, was
0: really funny. He was really funny. He was absolutely you, hilarious.
1: He, you weren't expecting it. And he, I'm telling you, I read a couple of critiques that they are like, he didn't work. I'm like, I don't know what theater you were in. I know. Every time on screen... The, I went with my wife and our friends uh, Andrew and Kaylin and De. Every time he would appear, I would hear both of them laughing. Like I just immediately start. Laughing. He didn't even have to say anything.
0: No, he didn't. He was just. He was really, really good. I like I said I was not expecting to like Modoc as much as I did in this yeah. film, and I really loved him. I just really did. Uh, yeah. I hate the fact that we're kind of losing him. I thought he. W- I know. I thought so too. But he went out, man. <laughs> he did. He's like I'm now an adventure. <laughs> fantastic. Like he said, why are the people thinking these jokes aren't working? Because like uh, maybe you could say, you know, we shouldn't be making jokes of the character is dying, but it was it worked right. really well in the situation. Like, it oh, did. they're like, yeah, you're an Avenger. You're you're one of us. Yeah. yeah. Good job, man. <laughs> oh and
1: I, I also thought um my guy William Jackson Harper was oh, the
0: fantastic. Good place he was really good as Quaz. Yes he was. It, just every time he was reading somebody's mind, he was just uh, absolutely on point every single time he was yeah. on screen. So like i said it was just a fun movie and it was i like i said i just the it looked and felt so much like a star wars film i felt like mm-hmm. i'm not even i'm kind of thinking i might have even heard at one point a a tie fighter engine sound in there at one mm. point i was like I was like do I hear a tie fighter i kind of felt like a, well, heard a tie fighter and
1: you know what else i want to give this movie credit for so like we've talked about like Dr. Strange was hyped so much and it didn't live up to the hype Uh, some of the other stuff was hyped and has not lived up to the hype I would say Christian Bell was kind of hyped he was somewhat lived up to the hype
0: they've been hyping up Jonathan Majors and Buddy he delivered and more he he absolutely did deliver he was he was really really good so let's let's take a real quick break and we'll talk about him real quick
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
0: so let's go ahead and get into the Jonathan majors of this because I thought the way they handled his character was interesting. I thought it worked really mm-hmm. well. There is a little bit of a critique here. This is a little bit of a nit i want to pick because basically in the entire film, like they're just referring to the Conqueror, and you don't ever see him till about halfway through the film, except for yeah. they. But they go ahead and show him to us at the very Early beginning. Odds, baby, yeah. So I was like, I was like, why? Why did we show him at the very beginning? That they're like doing everything they can to hide him. They're in the back half. I, I thought that was. If I'm picking nits, there's one I'm going to pick. But
1: I, I didn't. I didn't mind that. But maybe it's because I'd already seen Jonathan Majors as his character in maybe, Loki.
0: Maybe that's yeah. the case. But and while I'll say this. This is what's another thing i want to praise him for because. If you hadn't seen, if you saw Loki, you can tell this is a this is just a complete different portrayal of a character that's supposed to, that's supposed to be the same. Because even though they're not quite the same, he who remains is yeah. it's a Kane variant in Loki. Just the fact that he can pull off these just complete and total polar opposite roles and still be the same person—it's just magnificent to what he was doing.
1: And he always looks like he's about to cry or lose
0: it. Yes, he does. He does. He looks like he's always about know. to cry.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, man. The skills he has. That's why people, you know, they've been talking him up for the last couple of years. And there's a reason because right. he has all the talent in the world.
0: Yeah, he's, he's just absolutely fantastic. And he was just wonderful in this film. And one of the things I think that's really interesting about him, because there is something about him, about the way that he's doing this character, and just Kang in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, The character of Kang is just incredibly complicated. And if I had any worries coming to this, I was a little concerned that, and this is a little concern going forward, is just how well they're going to be able to portray and get across who this villain is because he is an extremely complicated character. We'll talk about the, the end credit scenes here in just a little bit. But, I mean... There is a burden like there is a burden on Kane because he feels like and every version of him feels like if he doesn't if he's not the one to win and take over the universe, then there's some other worse version of him that's going to be even worse than him. So it's like he knows he's awful and he knows he's terrible. But yeah. it's like I'm I'm just doing these awful terrible things because there are other versions of me that will do even more awful terrible things. I think yeah. this came across in his portrayal.
1: Yeah, and he is it's so interesting how he plays him because it's almost like Shakespearean, yeah. but he's subdued, but he's cold. he's cocky, too. Because yeah. like when he tells him, it's like, oh, you're an Avenger. I, I've killed you before, right? right. You know, just mm-hmm. like, and just like you said, he's always telling you, it's like, you don't want any part of me. I will destroy everything.
0: Right. And for the most part, I mean, that's what he does. And in this film, yeah. for the most part, I mean, that was one of my concerns coming to this I was a little concerned because, like, when they when I first heard Jonathan Majors was cast as King, I was like, and he's going to make his debut in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Man. He's like, oh, so we're killing Ant Man and the Wasp because because yeah. Ant Man shouldn't be able to beat Kank. I mean, that's one of the interesting things. That's one of the things I liked about Kevin Feige was doing this. And it's one reason why coming into this film, I was a little concerned about Ant-Man coming out of it. I was like, he probably shouldn't live if he's going to be in this film together. And for the most part, he really doesn't beat him. Uh, No, he doesn't. It takes those 20 billion ants. Yes, and let me just tell you this. That was another thing. When when Michael Douglas comes on the screen and says, my ants, because I knew they were building towards the ants because I don't know if you noticed that you see the ants falling through the quantum realm when mm-hmm, you do you yeah. see him going through there you hear bill murray's character which you can talk about bill murray here in a little bit yeah, yeah. bill murray's character asks are there any ants in the quantum realm he says no there are yeah. no ants I'm, I'm like okay the ants are about to come back into play somehow right
1: and, and you know i know he showed it later you did see him kept messing with his uh his hearing his ear he
0: something was up with that and of course they show us but yeah When he said there were no ants, I'm like, they're coming. (laughs) They're coming. But when he said, like, they hit the time vortex. I don't remember what it was he said they hit. They lived a thousand years in a single day. Like, that was me thinking, this is a comic book story. Oh, my gosh. This is a comic. Because that is something they do in comic books all the time. They have this weird, Mm -hmm. crazy, wacky premise that they just kind of throw on you. And you just roll with it. And I was like, thank you for bringing something like that into this.
1: Yeah, and I saw some of the complaints was like, "Well, all this multiverse and all of this physics is too much for the normal person." I, it doesn't bother me. I don't understand any of it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't
1: get but that either. I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I, I look here's the here are the most common complaints I have seen from this film. It, it was a lot like I said, it was a lot of things that I was a little concerned about going in. The fact that it was going to be a much larger, grander story, and they missed just the kind of the down home you know smaller scale they they just weren't they don't like ant-man in this universe and to me that is not a criticism that is a preference
1: yeah that's a preference i will say i miss michael pena i wish we could have used him for like the, him, Remember in the second right. movie where he told the story of what was going on? Right. We could have used that somehow in here, but we did miss him, I will say.
0: That. Yeah, I will say this. I, I didn't even think about it. Like I was wondering if he was going to be in this from the start, but once it actually got going, I didn't think about him at all until yeah, I got home and got in the car was listening to the big picture review of this, and Mallory Rubin mentioned him. I was like, oh, yeah, it would have been nice to have him. But like I said, yeah. when I was actually watching it, I didn't think about him. Uh, no, and I, I, thought, I thought it worked well. Yeah, I did too. And like I said, it was just if you don't like this film I, it, because of something that you just don't like about the character because at this point of what they're doing with the character what they're doing with the story again that is a preference because you're saying you want you don't want the character to change because this is the fifth film that he's been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe he was in the first two Ant-Man films obviously he was in um, I think this is the sixth Okay, let me. He was in
1: Civil War.
0: He was in Civil War.
1: Was he in in both Avengers movies? He was not in.
0: He was not in Infinity War. He was not in that one. He shows. up. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, But he was obviously in Endgame, and he was in. He's in this one, and his character has to make some changes. I mean, it really does. And honestly, if he's going to take on Kang, he's got to make changes because there's no way that you can take kind of the same approach with the film. if he's going to take on Kang, I'll be honest.
1: To me, and I, this was one of the notes I want to talk about, it kind of felt like Paul Rudd was saying
0: goodbye almost. It it kind of did, but I think they're going to use him some more. I don't know that we're going to yeah. get any... We, we may eventually get a, a fourth Ant-Man film. I'm sure whenever the Avengers films are coming back around, like when we get yeah. the Kang Dynasty and when we get um, S- Secret Wars, I bet he's back around for those. And he may make yeah. an appearance in some other ones. It may be the end of like regular ant-man movies but i don't think he's done with the mcu i don't i don't
1: know it just kind of felt like he was passing the torch to his daughter well he could have been doing that yeah and he kind of you know because like the first half the first part of the movie is how he's like
0: yeah i'm over being a a superhero yeah it, it did kind of feel that way and also but it kind of felt like he understood at the very end when he's kind of doing that speech and that inner monologue that he was mm-hmm. doing. He kind of felt like, "Oh no, this may be even worse than I thought." And like, yeah. And he may be. real. I, th- I kind of thought that what they were saying there at the end was he realizes that this isn't over for him and that he's not done. it. He's going to be needed even hope, more. I, so I hope so. We, we need him. Yeah, we, we we need more Paul Rudd in our lives. Yeah, we do. He's just he's just a great actor and he's just so oh, much man. fun. And like
1: the said, intro and outro with him walking down the street yes. and just smiling.
0: Hilarious. Like I said, that's why I think they make the when they make the transition to the bigger, uh, larger stakes. I think this works because they do make that transition. He's just the plucky little character he's always been to start yeah, with. Right. But once they get him into the quantum realm, he has to change. He has to become something else because he can't just be that same character anymore.
1: And you know what I think part of it is with the critics?
0: like, And I read this over and over. There is serious Marvel fatigue. Yeah. Serious Marvel fatigue. And here's the thing about I hear a lot of that, and I'm glad you mentioned that because... And it's not just because I'm a Marvel fan. Yeah, everybody who's listening to this podcast knows that I'm a huge MCU fan, and I love everything that they do for the most part. But I don't understand getting fatigue over something you enjoy, if that makes any sense. Because yeah. if you like it, I want more of it. I don't, I don't want to I, – maybe I'm may, – I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I agree with you. I think part of it is – and I think this is why critics are mad – they have pretty much destroyed the rest of cinema. Well, like there's true. No, like, Paul Rudd's not making comedies. Yeah, He's not right. making, like, an independent movie that he once was or another type of movie. I think there's part of that, that there's no other type of movie except the Marvel. And for some reason, even though I think they're all completely different, they all say, well, this is the same movie. No, it's not. It's right. totally different. I The last couple of movies, besides Spider-Man, the last couple of movies, I would say Doctor Strange, Thor, and Wakanda. I was like, I enjoyed them, but I was like, I, I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah. Cause I, I, mm-hmm. but I was like, this that. one.
0: Uh, this one i was not i'm hyped man. yes i was too i'm hyped
1: for, I'm hyped for the next phase
0: yeah I, i'm exactly the same way the you know the, the, the previous films outside spider-man i enjoyed them but like i said there was a little bit of an underwhelmed feeling to them because i thought they could have been better i thought they could have mm-hmm. been better but this one like i said it just checked so many boxes for me personally yeah. and i was just absolutely having a blast watching it and like i said i was not after after reading the reviews and seeing it just get such negative reception, maybe that helped my, me going into it because I kind of lowered my expectations for it. Maybe so. And you know what else? I, I can't believe I'm saying this: the weird uh, planet and the CGI i liked it it didn't look bad it looked really good the only time i thought it didn't look great was when they were doing like the thousands upon thousands of ant men They that yeah. looked a little little sketchy there but outside of that i thought it looked really good i thought so i thought it looked better than thor oh yeah it looked a lot better than thor it looked a lot better than thor i mean that looked like a complete totally like futuristic world yeah. they were living in that looked real i mean it looked like you could actually right. sit there and watch it and touch it Honestly. Like, this looks good. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, I know it as much crap as Marvel's gotten. Maybe they finally figured mm-hmm. out we've got to make sure we get the CG part right. And they yeah. really did a good job with it this time around. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the other characters real quick before we get into some other stuff. Uh, let's talk about Cassie, uh, Cassie Newton played by Catherine Newton. What'd you think about her? I thought she was really good. She
1: really nailed the, I'm an annoying teenager. I know more. But I still need help but I want to do I want to change the world. Right. I thought she was really good. I thought I was excited to see where she's going. They've cast some really good young actors moving forward in the MCU. You know, we've seen Kate Bishop, we've seen Florence Pugh, you know, uh, Miss Marvel. Right. I would add her right there to the list. I'm excited about these young actresses.
0: Yeah, to. I liked her. I thought she was really good. I thought one of the things I thought was interesting cuz I expected to coming into this film, I thought the storyline was going to be that Scott was going to try to go to Kane to try to get him when he gets into the quantum realm. When he gets sucked down in there, he was going to do a quid pro quo I'll get you whatever it is you need to get out of the quantum realm if you'll take me back in time so that I can because that's kind of the way they were selling it in the trailers. That yeah, was
1: exactly the way they sold it, like he could get time back. And that has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. You know, uh, don't ever watch these trailers. <laughs> I think you figured it out.
0: So, like I said, I was kind of glad that they don't go down that role because that is kind of like a, a tried and true trope that they always try yeah. to prod, uh, plot out throw out there whenever there is a time travel element involved as you know you don't go back and try to change things i mean that's really what the flash is about to be about when it comes in you June. can't get time back uh, so like i said i was really surprised that they didn't go down that role with her but i like the fact that she is kind of has a little bit of her dad in her and the fact that mm-hmm. she's in jail but i also like the fact that this isn't her, because she's just a troublemaker, she's she's trying to make the world a better place, and yeah. it's getting her in trouble. And like I said, I like that part of, about it.
1: I, I liked it, too. The mischievous, her, you know, trying to help the homeless and, and shrinking the
0: police right. car. <laughs> and I it to them. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. I really like that. When uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in this, I will say it's been a while uh, since I've seen her. She has not lost it. No, nah, she was awesome. awesome. She absolutely was. Like I said, this is kind of a movie about her for the most part. Yeah, it really was. She got the reins and ran with them, man. She really did. And like I said, it was great to see her kind of back in full mm-hmm. form. And she. And was... no one should look that good at 65. <laughs> no, they should. They absolutely should not. Uh, I loved her. Uh, Michael Douglas, like I said, he's just kind of got a vibe uh, in this film.
1: He does, man. Uh, he, he's he's like, Jeff Bridges is having too much fun. I need to start being like Kevin right.
0: in movies. And he's just, you know, he's just having a vibe. And just he, he's got Dude. these, he's putting his hand in these weird jelly like things to control oh, that a ship. Uh, he's got his thousand year old ants. And he's just, and like I said, he, and look again, another guy who looks really good at nearly 80 years old. But oh, just a wonderful performance by him as Hank Pym. Uh, he's just really good in that role and just seeing him to grow and to make that character into something i will say this it's been a little interesting the way they've handled hank pym hank pym in the comics he has kind of a villainous turn in in him i have been interested to see if they ever go that route with him it doesn't look like they're mm-hmm. ever going to so yeah
1: uh, and i was going to say had
0: these movies come out in the 80s Michael Douglas would have been a superhero. Well, they probably what they probably would have done is in the eighties, they probably would have because Hank Pym was the original Ant Man in the comics, mm-hmm. and Scott Lane took over the role later on in most recent years. Uh, they probably would have just gone with Hank Pym at the time if they had done these yeah, movies yeah, in the eighties. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, just really good from him. The one the criticism I'm going to give, they announced when they were announcing casting, they announced that Bill Murray was going to be a part of this film. Yeah, and. It seemed like just an incredible waste if, like, for basically give him a cameo. If you want to give him a cameo, don't announce him. Just let him show up and be a cameo. I, I thought the same thing. It was a waste. Like he's in the trailer,
1: uh, he does nothing. He's kind of funny. He has he's a fun funny. scene yeah. where, he, where he had, a, but like he's in there what five minutes? About five minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm with you, man. Just just let him. Cameo and, and we, you know, be, and, get a nice surprise. Yeah, like
0: oh hey, look, Bill Murray showed up in this film and let him uh, have his man. little role and then get it killed yeah. and we never see him again. Yeah. I mean, I would have been fine with that, but yeah. they didn't go that way. Uh, you mentioned and, and I and I don't like
1: the uh, you tease us with some Jimmy Woo. Oh, yeah, i need my
0: randall park yeah that was i, I was i was like oh wow we're going to get jimmy Woon this no, we really didn't because I, I wasn't expecting to see him in this at all so just when yeah. he showed up for a little bit i was a little surprised so uh one of the other uh, little critique on this they call this ant-man and the wasp but hope kind of gets she kind of seems yeah. like a side character in this to be perfectly honest she really does i can't
1: imagine evangeline Lilly is really excited
0: when she watches this movie yeah i know because so, i mean she's basically i mean she has a nice she has some really good moments there at the end but i mean this is really all about scott i mean it, it's but it's called ant man the wasp well, i mean it's should have she's more sharing it with her parents mostly yeah she is you're, you're right she's sharing mostly with her parents so they don't because they don't reunite them till probably about three quarters of the yeah. way through the film so yeah. uh but uh Otherwise, like you said, just a really fun movie. Let's talk about, the, you want to go ahead and talk about the credits, mid-credits and post-credits scene real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, so do you know what was going on in the, in the mid-credits scene?
1: All the kings were uh, getting together to, uh, uh,
0: to, to start whatever they're they're going to do this. Yeah. So this is called the Council of Kings. This is what this is what they're referring to. It's a and the three that you see kind of talking. These are kind of like the three most prominent king variants in the Council of Kings. You got Immortus, who is like the bearded one, the oldest one there. Ramatut, the one that was the Egyptian looking one. Uh, he is one of the younger ones, and basically his in the comics he goes back in time and he goes to ancient Egypt and uses technology to just completely take over Egypt and basically completely change how the world develops because he takes over Egypt and like conquers like the rest of the world as a result of it and I can't remember who the third one is I can't remember what he was but anyway it's not that important at this point but basically the Council of Kings and this is is what I was wondering if they were going to do this one thing I've always been wondering they are basically – they all work together to kind of like control the multiverse. And like that last scene you see when they kind of pan out, that is a mm-hmm. direct – Like they rip that directly from the comics. So there is a oh, – you do okay. a side-by-side uh, look at that shot in the movie versus one of the shots in uh, one of the drawings in, a, in one of the Marvel comics they are exactly like even with that freaky looking one that was kind of in the corner yeah. uh that, like it is it is a shot for shot recreation of this but Ooh. uh the council kings they they all kind of work together but they all know because they are all kings they kind of all are aware of just what they are capable of so nobody trusts each other and they all eventually are going to try to kill one another to be the one that takes over and kind of controls everything like I said, I, I was interested to see if they were going to introduce this in this film. And I think the mid-credit scene is a great way to do it because they did kill Kang in this. But, like, and that was one of the things we talked about a while back when we talked about expectations for this. They still have so many more to choose from that they could keep bringing him back.
1: Yeah. And you weren't sure that if Jonathan Majors was going to play them all. And it kind of looks like it does. he is. Mm-hmm.
0: It looks like yeah. he is. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I don't know how much. I don't know how much we're going to see Jonathan Majors in future films up until we get to the Kang Dynasty, I think in 2026. Well, I would I think.
1: say the next credit looks like we're going to see
0: him in Loki. Soon. Yeah, so let's talk about that yeah. real quick. Victor Timely, they because we, we go to the post-credit scene, and this is one of the few times that they've done an actual post-credit scene, because most of the time the mid-credits is where they're kind of moving, kind of giving you a tease to where they're going for in the future. The postcards is typically like some kinda of like silly like one off thing that they typically do. Not the yeah. case with this one. Uh because there we see Jonathan Majors up there is this guy named Victor Timely, and then they pan to Loki, and that's when I kind of like got chills again. It's like, oh, oh uh, we got Loki, and then they show Morbius. I'm like, oh, great, yeah. great, great. Uh, but Victor Timely is actually a named variant in the comics, so they are actually going okay. straight to the comics for this. I wasn't sure how much he was going to play a part in Loki season two, but it looks like he's going to play a pretty big part.
1: Yeah, and I loved Warbeast, man, Owen Wilson. He looks so friendly, man. What's, I think you said it was scary. Look at him; he's a great
0: actor. I mean, it's like it's hard to beat Owen Wilson. It really is. Like I said, I don't know what they're going to do in Lucky season two, but it looks yeah. like it looks like Jonathan Majors is going to have a pretty significant role in that in that show. Well,
1: and I thought it was interesting in the in the credits. It said Kang will return, but it never mentioned Ant Man will return.
0: Yeah, I know. So, like I said, that's going to be interesting to see how they do that. I think I think they'll definitely bring back Cassie. I think that's definite. Yeah. I, I think we'll see Jonathan Major. i not Jonathan Majors. Uh, Paul Rudd again. I think we'll see him. I, I feel like we have to. Yeah, I feel like we have to as well. So, but you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. So, uh, anything else we can talk about with this film? Alright, so I
1: read... Uh, I, I gotta tell you this because okay. it's very funny. Uh, I was reading about... Paul. I listened to Paul Rudd on the uh, Fly on the Wall podcast, the Sarah Night Live podcast that Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade and he was talking about when he was... This is the first Ant-Man movie that Paul Rudd has not been a writer on. Oh, really? So when he was writing the second one, he had a, an actor in mind to play the villain and he was like... It was Nathan Filder. Not oh, really. <laughs> and they had written the whole movie, and they were like, "There's no way Foggy will go for this." Right. So they changed changed the script. But I was just like, "Please God,
0: make Nathan Filder a Marvel villain somewhere." That would be fantastic. I wonder what they were. Wonder what they were writing for. That, that, that intrigues me. Nathan Filder as the as a villain.
1: I was like, I was just like, oh my
0: god, <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would love that. But yeah, I would absolutely love that. So uh, I just want to mention that before we get to the awards because that was that was the last thing. Yeah, that, like I said, I can. I would love to see that. That would interest me a lot. So, all right, are we ready to do our awards? Then we're ready. Here on the main attraction podcast, whenever we wrap up a season of a television show or whenever we watch a movie, we give out six awards. They are all based on the six characters of friends. Up first, we have the Rachel, who is the star of the show. Who are you giving the Rachel to? I'm doing Coe's uh, on this one. Paul Rudd and Jonathan Major. Yeah, I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing because they. It's, it's an Ant-Man show, but this is, is almost as much about Kang as mm-hmm. it is about Ant-Man. Yep so I'm, I'm with you on that one the joey a character that you just love who's your joey i went with michelle pfeiffer did that's you okay Janet. i went with her somewhere else i went with Catherine newton as cassie Linecare. that's where okay. i went with her so uh chandler the person who makes you laugh the most who are you going with i went with uh michael douglas's hank Okay, I went Coe's. I didn't go Michael Douglas here. I went hit him somewhere else. But I went uh, – no, I didn't. I'm i sorry. I'm thinking of another one. This is where I went with William Jackson Harper. I thought he was just really funny. Every he, single was time really he was really funny.
1: And also, shout out – I didn't put him on there. Maybe you did – David Dasmalchian, who was I didn't put him on anywhere, but crew. he was great. Yeah. He was very funny as Veb. Yeah, he very was the guy funny.
0: who wanted holes, if you're wondering yes, yes. he was. Uh, and he was also in the crew,
1: the heist crew, the first, movie, yeah, he was. first mm-hmm. two movies. So he was you know, Baba I'm Yaga. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was nice to use him again. Yeah, it was good to get him back in this. So. Uh, who's your Phoebe, the one that's the the oddballs bunch? I, I went with Bill Murray. I thought it was a wasted cameo. I'm going with him somewhere else, but I went, I've, this is where I went with I went with Michael Douglas's Hank Pym. I mean, anybody who can bring in 1,000-year-old ants in a day. <laughs> I was like, that's great. I love that. I also went with... Um, Modok in this role. Uh what's his name? Uh Corey Stoll. Thank you Corey Stoll. I put them both cuz look, Modok is just a weird character. I mean, yes. So, yes. I'm not, like I said he, I got uh, him somewhere else. Uh, yeah. He just kind of has to go here for me so. Uh the Monica, who is your Monica? Just an important character to the part that hasn't really been mentioned.
1: So this is where I went with Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, and then I added Evangeline Lilly as Hope.
0: Okay, this is where I went with Michelle Pfeiffer because the story kind of just revolves around her. Yeah. So that's where yeah, that was you're right about that. That's why I put her, her here. Next is the Ross, your least favorite character. Who's that? Well, even though I went with him because he was
1: the villain, it was Corey Stoll. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, but, but he really wasn't
0: my my least favorite character because he was hilarious. I mean, he, he he he's a jerk of a character. I mean, that's what he yeah, kind of yeah, is. I mean, that's yes, one of the things yeah. also that's very true about Murdoch in the comics. He's just a yeah. real a hole in the comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. this is where I went with Bill Murray as Lord Cryler not because of Bill Murray, perhaps it's just whoever decided it was a good idea to make Bill Murray to like announce him as a part of the cast, and then mm-hmm. only put him in the film for like five minutes. That's just right. a, that's just a crime against humanity, in my opinion. So I agree. Alright, here on the Man Traction Podcast we have a 5 tier rating system. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. Beneath Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the road Forest is Friends. Just beneath Friends is Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. What are you giving Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania?
1: I'm giving it to Game of
0: Thrones. I love this movie and it made me more excited about Marvel than I have been in a long time. If you couldn't tell by the way I was talking about how just in love I was with this, it's, it's a Game of Thrones for me. I mean... This, like, I've been waiting for a film like this from the MCU that was just weird and wacky and crazy. And I've just, like I said, I've been waiting for something like this where you could see like an actual comic book on screen mm-hmm. and it just hits so many boxes for me. And I'm surprised that I like it as much because normally when critics are down this, I may not be as far down on them as critics typically are, but I'm normally kind of in the same range as them. and I'm not on this mm-hmm. at all. I'm yeah, not with them yeah. at all on this. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love this film. It's it's one of my favorites since Endgame. It may be my favorite yeah. since Endgame, to be perfectly really honest with you. So, All right. Uh, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, this is our midweek episode, so we are going to give you some things that we are looking forward to. Uh, what you got for our listeners this week?
1: So, I think you may be bringing this up, so I apologize. Ted Lasso, Season 3. Oh, yeah. I should bring that up, uh, but go ahead. A couple of weeks, man. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I will say I thought Season 2 wasn't as good as Season 1. Right. But uh, I I feel like they're going to make a comeback.
0: Yeah, I do too. I feel like that, feel that way as well. But it's coming out on March fifteenth, which is a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah. it'll be back on Apple. It'll be back on Apple TV on March fifteenth. That will yeah. be a fun so one. so I
1: guess a month. Yeah, almost uh, almost less than a month.
0: Yeah, about three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So, and we'll be covering the first episode at least. We may end up doing more. We may yeah. not. It just depends. But we'll be covering at least that first episode uh, once it airs in March.
1: Oh, uh, I else? got I got one more. Uh, Fast Ten is coming out oh, in May. First, yeah. It looked insane. Jason <laughs> Momoa is the bad guy. Yeah, uh, I will say the last two in this series not that good, but um, I, I'm I'm holding out hope here. Uh, Paul Walker not being in the series has really left the board
0: yeah i have I never i have never seen a fast and furious movie i have not seen oh, a single man, one you're
1: missing out you're missing out <laughs> uh, but jason Mabo M- M- is a bad guy that says something like i will hurt your family <laughs> yes i'm in
0: uh for me i've got two i saw another uh, another commercial or trailer for the movie 65 starring adam driver it comes out yeah. on march 10th look i don't know if this movie's gonna be any good but it's got adam I driver can't
1: tell either, man.
0: it's got adam driver fighting dinosaurs so i'm, I'm just kind of like okay yeah i'll be i'll be there for that uh, like i said i don't know if it's going be any good but i'm at least going to give it a shot because uh, the premise of adam driver in a film fighting dinosaurs just intrigues me to no end uh the other one is coming out this week and like i said i just got caught up on the last season last night that is outer bank season three starts february this week february 23rd yeah okay at least I'm pretty sure it is. Let me double-check that for... Uh, well, I saw
1: it already got approved for season four. I am Before not surprised.
0: Yeah, like I said, I, I will say this, and I said that... I said this about You're the right. original one. It is.
1: comes out this week.
0: Yeah, I said, yes! the, I said this about the original one, the original two, when I started watching it. I still don't understand why I enjoy this show so much, because it is just off-the-wall crazy, but it's it's just draws you in. It just absolutely does. so.
1: It does and you you get down with the dumb and just have fun
0: yeah that's exactly what you do you get down with the dumb that's a good way of putting it so (laughs) all right uh anything else you want to add before we head off for the, the week
1: appreciate everyone joining us and we will talk to you next time
0: i will echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true